your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So then at 8.18, opposition to the government's recent announcement that uh, it plans to state author history textbooks for middle and high school students from 2017 continues to build a lot of criticism. Uh, politically as well, we are expecting a challenge. But Mr. Daniel Schneider, professor based at the Walter H. Shorenstein Asia-Pacific Research Centre at Stanford University, now joins us on the line to offer his take. He is a co-author of History Textbooks and the Wars in Asia, Divided Memories. Good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning. So what's your stance on state-authored history textbooks? Can they work? Well, look, all uh, countries, in some sense, pursue history education with the same idea in mind. They're out to shape the national identity of students, and some of them do it in a more overt fashion, which is state-authored and state-published textbooks, and some of them do it more indirectly by setting uh, guidelines for the content of textbooks, and others uh, are little have open systems in which, you know, there are multiple textbooks and people can pick and choose uh, what textbooks they want to use. But even in those cases, I think if you look at the content of textbooks, they are always about creating a narrative about the nation. Mm. Uh, so I don't want to, you know, single out state-authored textbooks and say, well, these are bad just because they're authored by the state. But I do think the, the big problem with this is that it's a, it's a diversity issue. To what degree do school systems and teachers have access to a variety of uh, textbooks and sources to use in the classroom to educate uh, their students? And when the author is the, is the Ministry of Education, as is the case in Korea, uh, they te that tends to be the dominant textbook in the classroom. In a free political system, though, uh, and in a system where debate is permitted, Surely we can come up with some sort of checks and balances that, that would allow, you know, discussion to take place if there were some obvious problems there in this textbook and also the incorporation of as many primary sources, um, snapshots of primary sources even, within these textbooks. Uh, absolutely, and the Korean system actually had been opening up. So, uh, you know, it, I, I'm a little... Uh, some of the reporting I've seen is a little bit inaccurate. I mean, in fact... Uh, Ministry of Education's history textbooks are the, the main textbook being used in Korean classrooms and has been the case for a long time. But uh, due to the reforms that took place a while ago, uh, there were other publishers that were authorized to offer textbooks. So there's been some movement towards diversity. This is a step backwards. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's mixed up with the debates between left and right in Korea. But I think the end result is that it's a step away from you know, a more uh, uh, open system in which, you know, teachers can pick and choose what they want to use or school systems can pick and choose what they want to use. Look, in the U.S., not to say that that's the paragon of virtue, but in the U.S., there are no, first of all, there's no national education system as there is in Korea, but even there are very few states where uh, there are even guidelines for textbooks. There are in California and Texas, and there have been some controversies there. But the individual school systems, which sometimes are very small, 
they make the decisions about what textbook they're going to use, and they have a whole range of textbooks to pick from. And I think that's a preferable system in general if you want to encourage students uh, to learn how to think, which is really, I think, the goal of good education in general and certainly in yeah. history education. Yeah, and we shouldn't forget either, following up on what you said at the start of that last answer, that uh, elementary schools here all use state-authored textbooks as well. This is just extending it on that compulsory basis to older age groups as well. But the private offerings that had been introduced in recent years have been criticised heavily themselves for having either left- or right-leaning biases. Can even private publishers get it right? Well, look, the content of textbooks has been a controversial issue in many countries for a long time, and, you know, including accusations of bias. In in Japan, for example, uh, battles over textbooks have been going on in Japan since the end of the war, internally. Forget the controversies from the outside. Japanese, the Japanese left and the Japanese right have been fighting over textbook content for 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 decades. And the right wing in Japan said after the war, well, you know, all these textbooks have become Marxist textbooks. They're, uh, you know, they they are masochistic in their treatment of Japanese history. And so there's been a demand from Japanese conservatives to you know restore patriotic education in Japan. Uh, that's that's actually rising in uh, in intensity. So I think. Ironically, Korea, which has been a quite critical voice when it comes to the content of Japanese textbooks, is ending up reproducing to some degree some of the same problems of so-called patriotic education. And yes. uh, that, that's uh, an unfortunate uh, effect of this. Well, that was one of the concerns raised last week, actually, on our show by an activist locally from a group called the Asia Peace and History Education Network, stating that nationalizing history textbooks in this way here would uh, remove this country's position to be able to criticize Japan for distorting history. And I know that you'll be fully aware of of the distortion when we refer to, for example, the abuse of comfort women. That's a highly charged example, but there are several in that line. What's your perspective on that claim, though, that we'd lose that that position? No, I, I share that concern, and I, actually I know that group. Um, you know, I think, uh, look, the Chinese, for example... Uh, also have pretty much state-authored textbooks which dominate the market, but even the Chinese have started to open up a little bit uh, their textbook publishing. And I think that it it really does undermine the legitimate criticisms that both Chinese and Koreans make about the content of Japanese education and uh, when they themselves engage in basically the same kind of practices. I think that, that there's no question in my mind that if, you know, when... Uh, Japanese are, are government is going to enjoy throwing this back into the face of Koreans the next time uh, the question of Japanese textbooks comes up as an international issue. Your book that I just raised before, History Textbooks and the Wars in Asia, Divided Memories, uh, looks at efforts by Korean, Japanese and Chinese scholars to form a common understanding of history in Northeast Asia. H- how possible or otherwise is that? Well, the, that book does many things. One of the things it did was it was a study, a comparative study of the content of high school history textbooks in Japan, China, uh, Korea, South Korea, the United States, and Taiwan, and how they treated the wartime period. Uh, and in the context of that, we looked at uh, many efforts, including there was an effort by private scholars to create a common textbook. There have been these 
joint history commissions that have been carried out between Japan and South Korea and between Japan and China, for the most part, you know, they've have, had very limited success. It's really difficult to, to you know, agree on not only what happened at this particular moment, so we, to argue over sort of historical facts uh, is, is a common thing, but how you, uh, the context in, uh, in which you put those events. So I think creating a, a common history, and the model for this was a joint textbook that France and Germany uh, created after the war. Mm. It, that's a tough road, and sort of we've sort of said maybe it would be better to do what we call, you know, to, to get people to understand how these same events look through different sets of eyes, this notion of divided memories, that, you know, you gain some understanding uh, by look by realizing that how Chinese, Koreans, yes. Japanese, and Americans see wartime events is actually different. It's shaped by a difference in focus, by the way the narrative, you know, kind of leads people to a sense of identity. Yes. Some, you know, so for Koreans, it's a story of victimization, uh, you know, but Japanese have their own victimization narrative. And, uh, and that's yeah, the direction, the though. Atomic bombing. But that's the direction, though, that history education should be leaning in, isn't it? From secondary school age onwards, this movement away from remembering dates and facts and looking at... Um, the way in which history is written in order to study history rather than using a, a basic textbook. I mean, that, that's one of the well, fundamental there, problems there, I've got with this. Uh, absolutely, I, I agree with that. And I think really the goal of history education should be critical thought uh, to get people to think uh, about different ways of understanding events and to realize that history is not truth with a capital T. Uh, it's a way of... Uh, of uh, shaping your perception of the past. But it's also the case that, uh, look, people, um, uh, the education systems in all these countries in Asia are very focused on preparing students for high uh, college entrance exams. Mm. So this emphasis on, you know, facts and, uh, you know, uh, rote kind of information uh, is to some degree driven by the exam process. It's a yes. similar in all these places. Very and good that's, point. That's a problem that's harder to get at. Mr. Schneider, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. That is um, Professor Daniel Schneider, based at Stanford University, giving us some useful insights into history education, broadly speaking, but also in this region. You can email us your thoughts, efmthismorning at gmail.com.